How's it going, guys? And welcome back to the You Know Adam Sane podcast. It's your host, Adam Sane, and you will get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, I'm joined by Andrew Brantley of The Orange Constant, which is a vintage rock band that started right here in Statesboro. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show. Andrew. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Andrew, one of the first questions I have is kind of, uh, I guess, what is what is, what was your journey through all of this? I mean, you know, to become a professional musician, I think there's it's a lot of people's dreams, mm-hmm. right? Um, take me through kind of like the different experiences that led you into this career. Let's see. Well, just to start a little bit at the beginning is just learning to play guitar, you know, early on in high school. I really was inspired by one of my buddies who was playing guitar and he making it sound good. And I just wanted to be able to do that. And then over the years in high school, I got a little bit more comfortable singing and then really felt like I wanted to take it seriously. So um, as I got to college at Georgia Southern, I wanted to get some music classes in and just really, you know, learn the craft and really understand music at a deeper level, you know, the the theory and whatnot behind it, um, as opposed to just singing and playing. Um, So doing that, you know, got me really uh, in tune with with how it all works. So I felt like I was really knowledgeable and I wanted to be that way. And then when I met Nicholas, you know, the other guitarists in the band, we really hit it off. We were similar playing levels, you know, similar styles, even though he had this different background of of what he liked Mm -hmm. and what he liked to play. We had very similar styles, like personally. So really worked out nicely. And we started, you know, writing songs, playing some covers and um, trying to formulate this band that we have now. So tell me about uh, take me back to the very beginning. Uh, What is your first memory of music? Like, was there something that kind of like was there that like you started playing? You saw someone that was playing and that was like, you know, right. doing like, you know, these awesome things with a guitar. Yeah. Um, but how about how what did it look like for you? I think like the the best memory that I have early on is just being in the car with my dad listening to old folk music. Mm. You know, uh, that we had this uh double cd pack uh called the treasury of folk music and it was um two cds i think maybe two or three and he'd have them in the in the car all the time and they're just these old mamas and the papas Mm -hmm. songs you know peter paul and mary and stuff like that and it was just such pure sounds you know it was very easy to sing along to so i kind of i understood that in my head i could match the pitches and, and i just really resonated with that you know that style i guess early on and i think that triggered me because and my dad was always singing along too because so he, he was, was he a, a singer he mm-hmm. was, was he a musician he wasn't he he played a little bit of bass but it was very short-lived he was mostly in uh choir growing up through you know high school and i know his high school went over to like europe doing that stuff and so he was always a singer and i could always hear him singing so as a kid, you're you're matching your your dad, you sure, know what what sure. he's doing. So I think that that had the long term effect of me really enjoying singing, mm-hmm. and I didn't really discover okay, could I be a real singer? Could I be a front man of a band or or mm-hmm. whatever? Um, until later on in high school, but that's guaranteed where it started. 
Very nice. So uh, let's move into high school. So high school for you, uh, mm-hmm. did you start any bands during that period of time or, or were you like a solo act? Uh, it was it was really a, a, like one band that I really worked with was a couple of friends of mine. We were, you know, all mediocre, I, I guess. One of the guitar players was good. Um, and I was always looking up to him to learn a little bit more. And the drummer was really good. They were, they were more seasoned than the rest of us. But we did play. We wrote some songs. We played this benefit concert. But it was it was also very minimal. I don't think we even had a name. Okay. Um, or we might have. But it was it was the you know the introductory experience for me, and it was nice. You know, we got to learn stuff. I remember this one moment of being in the band room at my friend's house and he was playing lead guitar and I was playing acoustic guitar. There's a bass player and a drummer. And I think the other guitar player said, okay, well we can all make some music, you know, we can play together, but who's going to sing? Uh-huh. And nobody, you know, nobody really wanted to. And I said, well, I'll, I'll give it a shot. You know, I knew that I could pretend yeah, I had the potential, uh-huh. but I needed to step up to the plate and that's when I started practicing. And then how, how was that? So you still, uh, you stepped up to the plate and mm-hmm. then I guess were there many performances with you kind of like, I guess, uh, singing and, you know, uh, headlining or like what, what, what no, did that look like? It was, you know, practices. We, we literally only played one show as, you know, mm-hmm. as that band. So that was it, you know, in high school. And I don't think I played another show until college Mm -hmm. until i really you know dove back into learning this you know i I really want to be a proficient musician Mm -hmm. not only on the guitar but vocally um so i think my next gig was probably a solo thing very cool yeah very cool uh so you did mention something in there about name so you said that there wasn't really a name for the first band there was it was called miles 16 i remember it now miles 16 okay yeah very cool uh, so tell me about kind of the orange constant. How mm-hmm. did that come to be? And yeah. what does the name mean? Yeah. So like I mentioned, I met Nicholas and it was a music fundamentals course at Georgia Southern. And, um, truthfully that was just side note was probably the most effective music theory class I've ever taken. I, and I took up like music theory three, like the real, uh, more, um, music major driven courses, but f- fundamentals was absolutely everything I needed. Why do you think it was so effective? Uh, it was very practical. Mm. Um, music theory courses, uh, you know, as opposed to the fundamentals course, um, they were more, more theoretical, more based on form and classical style based, you know, when it comes to the fundamentals, uh, courses, it was very practical. So mm-hmm. that's just a side note, but I, I met Nicholas in that course we started playing guitar, like I, I mentioned, and we had a, a bass player that was one, one of his friends. We found a drummer, Lee, who was the original like mm-hmm. drummer who stayed with us for a little while. Um, and we were practicing in this room in in, uh, in Statesboro off Wenwood. Yeah, Wenwood over behind Harvey's over there. And uh, the, the room that we were practicing in was a small square room right in the front of the house and we had these egg crates over the windows to keep the sound okay. in because it's foam you know sure. and they were kind of the yellow orangish tint and the sun would shine through and create the whole room to be orange so 
we had this orange room that we called it, like live from the orange room. We had all these recordings and we were tossing around band names forever. We had Tree Fort was kind of one of the names that we kind of liked, but then we found out, I think someone had it. And Kyle, the bass player at the time, he, we somehow worked out these words. I think Lee came up with the word constant and we already had the word orange and then Kyle put them together. And it was kind of funny. He, he was just like, he put it on Facebook. He changed the name. He's like, all right, we're knee deep in constant now. <laughs> it was like, okay, all right, we did so it. So he kind of just pulled he the just trigger pulled and it just made, made everything happen. And it was, yeah, I was like, well, you know, no one else had that name. We liked it. We thought it, and, and you know, I can tell you the long story behind the, behind the name, but when people ask us on the road, well, what's the name mean? Short answer is it's a reference to the sun because that really is kind of, what is was the sunlight shining through so right. you could get deeper with it and say okay the orange constant is you know the sunlight the ever burning energy you know of positivity so That's right. i like <laughs> if it. you want to get that you yeah oh uh, there's also another centerpiece part of your brand uh the orange constant that that comes up and uh again and again and it's kind of like you know the the squid with like the tentacles right mm -hmm. yeah uh, what what's kind of like the story behind that the story is the track off of our first full-length album, Squid, is an instrumental that we we wrote really early on and played all the time. It was really, you know, really easy to play, really groovy. So we got that on our first record, and we thought, okay, well, Squid, that could be a cool logo. And um, our original drummer, Lee's girlfriend, his now wife, um, she did the artwork. She was an artist, and Lee was also an artist, so he had mm -hmm. he did some of the sketches. But when it came to the graphic art, it was Jesse doing, um, you know, the mock-ups on the computer. And I don't know where the original, you know, drawing was or wh which one it was, but she created that original logo, that real mm -hmm. quintessential logo that we have. And it was based off of squid. But a squid, we she tried to do a real squid which is like longer ended up being kind of phallic shaped <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and it was a little weird we we're like okay she's like so i'm gonna make it look look more like an octopus but it's got six legs you know it just it kind of morphed into this thing that was a little bit more circle driven you know sure. to have a circle around it instead of this longer thing so that's cool. Yeah. Um, you know, some of some of our guests out there are, you know, maybe thinking about, you know, doing music professionally. Mm -hmm. uh, what type of advice do you have for them? To be, you know, a professional musician, you have to have patience and persistence guaranteed. You know, it it happens overnight for some people that they blow up and it's they're good to go from then on. But mm -hmm. a band like us. Um, constantly still working, constantly still playing shows and trying to climb the ladder. Um, so you got to be patient to stick stick with whatever project you're in. I, I would always um, say that jumping from project to project isn't necessarily the best idea, I don't think. I mean, some people like to to work around like that, but I think that in general, picking a project and sticking with something is going to prove to be more, you know, more viable for the future instead of trying to jump for the, from one thing to the next, then you're never really invested. You can't really put your time in, but otherwise I would say definitely be proficient with whatever instrument you play, you know, know what you're doing, really work on your, your craft. Um, but obviously there's 
one of our friends, Steve, um, Steve Terry from Universal Size, another band from Athens, he always makes the joke, if you want to be in a band, then you better be prepared to be a trucker, um, uh, a manager, a marketer, you know, a musician, uh, all, all, you know, a- anything that you could imagine when it comes to like a logistics person, you have to mm-hmm. do so much to be in a band and start that as a business model. It's very, it's very um, taxing. It's very. I, I want to recall one of the times that I, I, I came to Dingus to, to watch a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think people, people see bands for kind of like what's on the outside, right? The, the, the time that you spend on stage, how fun it is playing uh, the music, so forth and so on. Uh, but you had you guys had taken a break and you guys had all gone outside. Mm-hmm. And me being the, the way that I am, I was like, all right, I'll go outside too. Let me check this out. But the moment that I stepped out there and I was watching every single one of you, it, the, the talk wasn't about really, the talk was very driven towards how can we make this product even better? Mm-hmm. That was what the discussions were. And there was no focus on anything besides like, how do we get improve how do we you know make this like hit harder what are the things that happened during this show that shouldn't have happened like what are the things that we can do like make like to improve right right and i think a lot of times like people don't realize how much work it takes oh yeah right like they see they see the final product but they don't realize the countless hours of practice the Mm -hmm. you know the time that's spent between you know uh handling people's emotions so this on could people change right like that's one of the difficult parts um Being in a band, to you, do you have um, what? What do you think is the the most uh, the most attract? Why do Why do so many people want it? I think there's a level of freedom that you really do get to experience um, when you are a musician. I think a huge driving factor is well. First of all, I love doing this. I love creating. I love whether it's singing, I like playing bass, I like playing drums, that's all I want to do, keyboard, anything like that, or even like a DJ or something like that. Um, you have the passion, but you also want that freedom to say, I really am my own boss, I can create the schedule that I want, I can tour the country. I mean, we've seen some cool, cool places that I, I really think I never would have gone to, you know, in another profession, in another field. I don't know if I would have been in Annapolis, you know, mm. before would I've ever, how long would it taken me to go to New York city and really see New York city? I, it's really cool to, to say the band took me there. The band took us there. Um, so I think there's this, this level of freedom. It's kind of an old school American dream in a way too, because you're, you're two in the country with your buddies in a bus or something like that. Yeah. You know, it might be a van <laughs> for a while too first, but there is that, really um pioneer aspect to to being a musician that's touring that i think is very i think anybody has a little bit of curiosity for Mm -hmm. um so that would be um in the most ideal situation when you know uh people come to see your band what is it that you want them to walk away with after the show, after like, you know, you, you have done your set, you've kind of like taken through this entire journey of like all these songs that you've done. Mm-hmm. What, is, what is the takeaway that you hope to uh, give to your, you know, uh, I don't want to call them customers, fans, right. fans yeah, is the right are, word. Yeah. I think in general, we, we want them to 
or at least personally, I, I want them to remember some of the melodies that we have that, you know, that we've written that we think are really good. For, you know, there's just something really pleasing mentally and spiritually behind a really soothing melody, you know, whether it's even a rock and roll melody or it's something more down tempo, I think you want people to hear or hear the lyrics and really he hear them in your head and sing them over in your head and think, man, that was, that was catchy. That had, that drew my attention and that made me really want to go listen to this band's records. Mm -hmm. You know, that I think at the, in the moment you want them to dance, you want them to have a feel, you know, feel good moment. You want them to enjoy their time watching you. You want them to be, enveloped in what you're producing on stage live mm -hmm. but you also want them to take away something that can last a lifetime which is knowing the songs mm -hmm. knowing the what we've created and put on these timeless you know recorded formats that's awesome mm -hmm. that's awesome um let's change directions now let's sure. kind of like ask uh something you know uh outside that realm um you know being a professional musician is more than just about the music. Mm -hmm. um, I think we've kind of like established that. It, there's a lot of different hats that you have to wear. Right. Um, what parts of the business uh, do you enjoy? Very good question. I like that. Um, I've, I think I've noticed more recently than ever because we have upgraded to a larger vehicle, a touring bus um, I really enjoy making the experience, the logistics, very smooth, very comfortable, very organized, you know, fluid or organized, very um, put together. I, mm -hmm. And I like, you know, I like making sure the bus is as comfortable as possible. You know, I like making sure that every every year we're upgrading equipment, we're put, putting ourselves in the right position where. Uh, maybe we've got lighter equipment. We've got less speakers to take on the road. We've got, we're just switching now to in-ear monitors so that we're not having to take monitors with us. We're not dealing with, you know, with as much feedback on stage. Stuff that um, really is like that pro touring band that mm -hmm. we're just trying to feed our way into. I'm really focused on how can we be more and more comfortable on the road while we're touring? Um, also financially, it's it's great to, I like balancing budgets and really seeing what we're pulling in, what we're spending, and I, I enjoy some of that back end stuff, mm -hmm. really behind the scenes that you really wouldn't think about a whole lot. Sure. Um, as far as marketing, that's not really what I love. I don't really love marketing. I don't like trying to constantly grab people's attention. Mm -hmm. I think that's a bit hard for me. I'm not, I don't love social media, mm -hmm. so that's difficult. Um, but yeah, those logistical sides of things. I mean, I'm just sitting in, in the bus, looking at all the equipment, thinking how can, I, how can I organize this better so that every time we get in here, it's in its place and we all have nice, comfortable, you know, you know relaxing area. Because I think I'm, by, I'm a creature of, of comfort, uh -huh. <laughs> if you will. Um, I really like being comfortable and being on the road is not comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's really not. So doing anything to make the process easier is really my wheelhouse, I think. So that leads me to my next question. What do you think determines the success of a band? 
I mean, I feel successful with this band because we've put out three great sounding records, mm-hmm. or three and a half. Um, we've toured the country. We've done a lot of cool things. We've opened up for some big bands. We've played big theaters. Um, but do we still have to work on the side? Yeah. So it's mm. it's tough to say, are we really successful? Well, we're not as successful as we'd like to be. I think for us, success would mean we are touring the country, selling out theaters and you know, 100 cities across the country, um, really able to sustain ourselves solely through music, okay. solely through streaming, solely through sales and, t- and, and shows. And, and I can tell with like the passion that you have. I mean, everything that you're, you're kind of like, you know, we're talking about, I think there's, again, more to it than just the music, right? Um, but, you know, everything that you're putting into this, this band, I think that it's going to pay off. It's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what does that timeline look like? As far as what I would like to see us, um, do or be in the next four to five years would be really establishing, establishing better fan bases across different cities, even if it's just the broader Southeast and we don't have to be playing, you know, big shows in Seattle or something Mm -hmm. like that. That's all the way out West, but if we could be really drawing nice, solid, consistent crowds on our own across 20 cities in the Southeast, 40 cities, you know, selling over 200 tickets every night, mm. that would feel like a real upgrade, mm-hmm. like a real, real progress. But it is very hard. It is very hard to, to build fans, especially right now we can't tour as much. We can tour a little. We can do a few shows, but... Everything is very online based, and I think that's tough for all of us to be forcing ourselves to get into this cyber world of music mm-hmm. when we really, at our core, are a live touring band. That's what we do great. I agree. You know, so I think we have great sounding records, and I think that they absolutely are as good as our live show, mm-hmm. personally. I think so, but I think our business model strives when we can make money touring and playing shows yeah i mean i've experienced both right Mm -hmm. i've experienced the records and there's something uh to the show um that is just that much more i mean you're getting it like in your face like you know and you're feeling the music to to a level that you can't really you can still blast the music at home right but there's something that's so orchestrated like it's not just one single person because in a record you can always go back and just re-record you only get one chance on, yeah. on on stage, yeah. Um, and that's one of the you know coolest things about seeing a show is when those different pieces come together, and you know deliver that amazing experience. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, what's next for the Orange Constant? What you guys got on the horizon? It's tough to see what is on the horizon with with the music industry at its at its knees to to the pandem- pandemic. But you know, we just released a record. Um, in May. So that was really exciting for us. We, we just put this thing out and it's got more backing vocals. There's more Tyler singing throughout the whole thing. So it's, it's, and there's Chris is a lot more involved. Sam, they're all have been way more involved with this record. So it sounds very us. It sounds very full, um, really well recorded engineered. We feel really good about it. It's been interesting trying to promote it without being able to tour but 
as far as the horizon goes, I think we we really want to see what we can do touring and get comfortable, re- reacquainted with whatever we can do recording. I mean, sorry, touring wise, but I think we do have to work ourselves more into maybe more abstract ideas when mm-hmm. it comes to promoting ourselves, mm-hmm. maybe doing another EP or something that has some music that's not quite as live driven, maybe mm-hmm. something that we typically wouldn't do live. Maybe we'll record that because we're not playing as many live shows, maybe more videos. Mm-hmm. You've always been a big proponent of, of the I videos. Mean, I, I, I always like the video piece yeah. just because, you know, uh, with the live people have to be there, but that video, if it captures attention, just, you know, the video that you guys just put out, uh, mm-hmm. what, what's, was it the single for the latest album? It was for fade in the line, which isn't technically the single, but it was it, one of the, shortest tracks on the album that we thought would be really cool for a video so i i absolutely i I was watching it and Mm -hmm. even there's certain imagery that's in there that's stuck in my mind now right it's captured my imagination um and i think that was an amazing move on your guys's end i i think that you know creating more content in that manner i think Mm -hmm. will push you guys above everybody else and i think we personally it's funny um Actually, I love music videos. Mm-hmm. I love watching music videos. If it's old country or it's new reggae, like Soja has some cool videos that I like to watch. And um, there's all kinds of things that I like watching for music videos. So I do come up with a lot of ideas in my head. It's just a matter of orchestrating those videos. And I think we have some really great content. And I think it's just a matter of, of staying on it. We've got some, one of the cool things that, we know we're we're gonna have in the future is the song Reincronic off of our album, the most recent one. It's an instrumental track. And one of our friends is working with AI. That's mm-hmm. like his um his forte. And he said he was gonna work with some of these tracks oh, off the cool. album to create a video that's cool. That's automated. I, I don't even know what that looks like. That's cool. But I really want to see that. Nick's brother is worked in film for a long time and he said he'd like to do a music video for a specific song off the album. So I think a few more music videos are on the horizon. And I think because the the timeline and the tra- trajectory of an album is very different than it used to be. It used to be, you know, I don't know particularly, but it seemed like it used to be you you put out a single and the video is like right at the same time. You don't Mm -hmm. put out a video a year later or something like that. It's kind of obsolete at that point. But I think with the way that YouTube works and all kinds of video hosting sites, we could do a video a year from now or a video now for a song that was five years ago And it'd be on YouTube and people would still, it would still draw attention. That's right. You know, so I think that that's a, an outlet we can use. Mm-hmm. Technology has definitely changed the game. I mm-hmm. mean, across every single industry out there, mm-hmm. regardless if it's music, food, uh, just business, business in general. Um, let me ask you a question about kind of like your, I guess, inspiration. Um, musicians that you've kind of like look up to. Uh, that you see like, okay, this is w- what I imagine that, you know, the future of my band is. Who who are those people? The one that comes to mind is always widespread panic. Mm-hmm. I think that might be a bit of a cliche answer because we're a jam band that lives in Athens, Georgia now. Uh-huh. But 
there's a connection to what they do that is just absolutely unmatched personally. Um, I'm sure the other guys would have different answers, but mm -hmm. for me, the eloquence with which they write music and they operate and their whole career to me is very, not only impressive, but feels like the way that I would prefer our careers to go. Mm -hmm. um, actually, you know, not being a big commercial band, not having to get tied up in these huge labels or anything like that, um, not getting pushed around with their sound or having to compromise who they are. And their sound to me has aged with their own individual maturity, it, at least from the outside is what it seems. Mm -hmm. Their their last record is just as good as the first, in my opinion. You know, you can really hear the evolution, and there was no oh we're changing our brand, we're changing our sound. It's like they have always just been evolving into something bigger and better, and I think that that is so noble. And they sell they sell out arenas all over the place. Mm -hmm. They have such a big following. The music style I think is just amazing. I don't know. I think that they're such a good, you yeah. know, good I mean, example. Good. But they don't, you know, they're not, they're not a band that's done music videos. They mm -hmm. maybe did one in their entire. They did one TV appearance, I think. Mm -hmm. So, at the same time, I, I love their their model. Mm -hmm. But I could see us being more in the world of potentially doing some TV appearances, Absolutely. late shows, or something like that. I would certainly not say, oh, we're not doing that or something like that. I would take that opportunity all day long. So it really just depends where where you get pulled. Sure. And you, you have seen growth, right? I mean, oh, yeah. you know, when you were in Statesboro, people would always look forward to kind of like going to see the Orange Concept. You guys were a big name. I mean, in fact, you know, uh, for you know, one of my restaurants, you guys played like these uh, oh, yeah. acoustic acoustic things and people would come to them and, mm -hmm. and enjoy the music, uh, which is ultimately what you are trying to share mm -hmm. um what 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 what's new so you recently released the album mm -hmm. uh that came out on uh that was back in may may i think it is do you, are you guys working on some new material right now or are you guys focused on trying to get through this period of time right now um we i mean you know kudos to us we we actually did keep up with rehearsing and That's writing awesome. um we definitely took our time off just to say hey this is kind of time off that we wouldn't get otherwise so let's enjoy it and we did um and we adapted and but we did keep moving we kept rehearsing we kept writing we did some live streams we have a huge catalog catalog of music mm -hmm. so we could put out i i'm pretty sure at least two more albums without you know having a problem writing anything mm -hmm. so we have so much back backlogged material and we're still writing new material mm -hmm. so I think we've talked we've talked about maybe doing like an instrumental EP, Ooh. some instrumental tracks. You know, there's there's less involved when you have to have you know when you don't have to do vocals. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about that. Um, we've we've talked we've toyed around with that idea. We've toyed around with getting a single out. You know, something more really single driven. Maybe something that we'd be pushing for radio. Um, it's just a matter of us deciding what, what's the next thing. But those have always been on the horizon. 
uh, but we're all you know we're always writing new stuff we're always learning new covers for the next opportunity the next mm-hmm. show we're always prepared mm-hmm. we're always prepared for when things get back to normal or close to normal we're we're ready to go andrew you know i i see this theme about you know just continually to push the uh band to high like the next high mm-hmm. right um and it's very strategic which i really enjoy um uh, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, for those viewers out there that uh, may have never heard of the Orange Constant before, how can they find you? Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter a little bit. We don't do too much on Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, mainly, we we want people to listen to us on Spotify. I think Spotify and Instagram are the best you know, platforms for for seeing what we do, what where we're touring. You can check out our website too, just theorangeconstant.com. Mm-hmm. We've got videos, we've got links to anything, any shows that come up. Uh, we're on YouTube. Feel free to watch us on YouTube. Uh, Andrew, anything else you want the audience to know before we head out? Ooh, hmm. We're still in the game. Hey. <laughs> come see us if you can. And if you can't, then stream us online that's right yeah andrew thank you for your time i appreciate you. you for coming on to the you know adam same podcast a pleasure uh, as usual if there's anything that i can do for you please let me know you bet and then uh Likewise. best of luck to your future i'm i'm it, it's exciting for me to see the journey like yeah. that's why oh, yeah. you know every single time like when you guys come to states bro i'm always like yo what's up like that's that's so cool to me yeah so, we love seeing you yeah <laughs> you're so. an inspiration for us thank you yeah thank you, absolutely thank you. appreciate your time man you bet. all right